Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids, a show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. there future paleontologists how are all my little dinosaur hunters doing i hope you're doing great i hope you're having a great summer if it's summer where you are and if it's winter where you are i hope you're having a great winter i'm dinosaur george welcome to the dinosaur george kids podcast a podcast that is designed for anyone of any age who likes dinosaurs? The only rules I have for my podcast is it has to be friendly, you have to be nice, and you have to have good manners if you are going to be lucky enough to be on it. So before we get into today's feature creature, we now have had over 78,000 downloads of my podcast, and we are now heard in 95 countries around the world. That's just hard to imagine. 95 different countries in the world, there are people listening to this podcast. Wherever you are, anywhere in the world, you are always welcome, and I really appreciate that you are listening to the podcast. I want to do a couple of quick shout-outs. This first one goes to a young man named Colton. A couple of days ago, where I live in Texas, I was getting ready to go into a store when a car pulled up and this young man jumped out of the car and yelled, Dinosaur George! And I turned around and there's my little buddy Colton. Colton ran up and I gave him a hug and I got my picture taken with him. And then he went and stood by my dinosaur truck and he got his picture taken. Colton, it was nice seeing you. And I believe, I believe your mom said that you are coming out to my grand opening of my new a museum at Trader's Village in San Antonio, Texas this weekend. For those of you, if you ever visit San Antonio, Texas, I have a little museum at a place called Trader's Village, and it's open to the public and it's free to everyone, but we're only open on Saturdays and Sundays. And so I hope uh, this weekend, as a matter of fact, today is June 25th, the year is 2021. Uh, tomorrow and Sunday are my grand openings. So we're having a grand opening event. We're giving away all kinds of cool stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I believe, Colton, you're coming out there Sunday with your mom. I hope so anyway. I hope I get to see you again. And then <coughs> you guys are going to have to excuse me for my coughing. I still have allergies and they're driving me crazy. But I wanted to give an, another shout out. I want to give a, another shout out. And this one goes to two of my new Raptor Club members, Ziva and Gage. They are eight and six. Uh, they're from Austin, Texas. They just said that they love listening to the podcast and can't wait to visit the Dinosaur Museum in San Antonio. I just wanted to say to you and to all new members of the Patreon Club, welcome to the club, Ziva and Gage. I hope that you guys are going to enjoy. I hope you two are going to enjoy being members I think you're going to have a lot of fun, and I hope everybody will consider becoming a member. 
because one of the coolest things that Patreon members get to do is we have a private lesson. It's done through Zoom. You get a private invitation. You get to come on with all the other club members. And each month I do two lessons. The first lesson is for all club level members. And there's three levels, Triceratops, Raptor, and T-Rex. The Triceratops member uh, price is $1 a month, only $1 a month. And you get to hear one of the lessons. You get to participate in one lesson a month. For the Raptor Club, which is $5 a month, and the T-Rex Club, which is $10 a month, you guys get two lessons each month. So I hope to see both of you, Ziva and Gage, and everybody else who's a member. I hope to see you all. I will be setting out or sending out the schedule for the July meetings and watch your Patreon page for that. And we will, uh, we will have some great, some really great lessons. All right. Um, so, so many things going on, so much cool stuff happening. I'm going to try to, uh, take some, or I'm going to take my recording equipment with me to the grand opening celebration this weekend. And I'm going to let kids come up and I'm going to ask them questions. And then I'm going to put all those on a future podcast. So you'll be able to hear dozens and dozens of kids that all get to ask a dinosaur question. And I'm going to record them and put them on a future podcast. All right. The feature creature this time is one of the dinosaurs. I should have done this one a long time ago because it's cool. Let's get into it. It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. This episode's feature creature is Gallimimus, one of the faster of the dinosaurs sometimes referred to as the ostrich dinosaurs. Gallimimus comes from a group of a number of different specimens or species in this group. Struthiomimus, Ornithomimus, uh, and Ceramimus. These are all, they all look very similar, but they lived in different places. Gallimimus is the focus of this one. Now, its name in English means chicken mimic. What does a mimic mean? What does that word mean? Mimic means something that copies something else. So, for instance, if you know somebody that can do like, uh, uh, they can uh, copy voices they hear. Well, that's somebody who's, who's being a mimic. Or if you act like somebody, you are being a mimic. So, Gallimimus means chicken mimic because when they found it, a lot of its skeleton looked a lot like a chicken. Now, Gallimimus is way bigger than a chicken. And trust me, you would not want this chicken living in your backyard because Gallimimus was six meters long. That's 20 feet long and 1.9 meters tall, which is a little over six feet tall. So that's longer than most cars and it's taller than most humans or a lot of humans. So we're not talking about a small little animal. We're talking about a relatively fast, relatively large animal. It's estimated that it weighs 440 kilograms. That's 970 pounds. That's almost a thousand pounds. 
This is a big animal. Now, Gallimimus is found in Mongolia, and it lived in the late Cretaceous period about 70 million years ago. It is bipedal. That means it runs on and walks on its only its back legs. It's bipedal. So, this is an amazing animal, and a lot of scientists believe it's an omnivore. I think it's an omnivore. I think it is an omnivore eating anything. What did it eat? I think it could catch lizards. Its hands were a little more functioning than some dinosaurs. It was able to manipulate. Now, manipulate means to move and do things like, for instance, when you're a baby, you have a hard time turning a doorknob because your hands aren't really formed yet. But as you get older, you are able to manipulate the, the, your hands to get the door to open. Now, I'm not saying Gallimimus can open doors, but Gallimimus could manipulate its hands a little better, and that means it could catch a variety of different prey. Very long, pointy fingernails. It could probably catch fish. It could probably catch little reptiles, amphibians, mammals, probably ate dinosaur eggs, probably ate little dinosaurs. Gallimimus, in my opinion, would have been a very effective hunter. It would have used speed. Now, it's not made for killing big things. So I don't think you'd ever see Gallimimus like attacking a bigger dinosaur. That's not how they're built. In fact, they're not built very powerful. They're built for speed. They're like a cheetah. Think of a cheetah. A cheetah is going to chase down a gazelle. But a cheetah is not going to try to chase down a, a zebra. Because it could never bring down a zebra. It's not made that way. It's not that powerful. That's kind of what Gallimimus reminds me of. That it probably relied on hunting smaller things rather than big. Now, I said it was an omnivore. And an omnivore eats plants and meat. I think this dinosaur would have eaten plants as well. I think it just would have walked around and anything it saw, it probably would have tried to eat. It might have tried uh, flowers. They're like, hey, this is pretty good. Or maybe fruit, like, ooh la la, I like this. You know what would go good with fruit? A big juicy lizard. And then it grabs a lizard and it's like, hello lizard, you're going to be my snack. So I think Gallimimus is eating anything that's small, but it's not going to mess around with big animals. That's not how it's made. Now, here's what's cool. They know a lot about Gallimimus because they found a variety of different size Gallimimuses altogether. They found a group of them together and they were different sizes. That helps scientists understand things like how fast they grow, what they look like when they're little, what they look like when they're big. It gives us all sorts of cool information. So Gallimimus is probably the best known of that family of dinosaurs. It, it's called an ostrich dinosaur. That's the name because it's so bird-like. If any of you remember the very first Jurassic Park movie, the first one, there is a scene where this group of dinosaurs are all running together in a flock. And in fact, the paleontologist says they're running like a flock. And then all of a sudden that T-Rex comes crashing out of the woods and they're running like crazy. They're trying to get away from that T-Rex. But that scene is probably what you would see. I believe these animals probably lived in groups. 
They probably they probably traveled all the time, always in search of prey, always in search of nice tender plants. But if you ever saw the first Jurassic Park movie and you saw that scene where all those dinosaurs were running, that was a group of Gallimimus. And that scene really helped people understand that that theropods were bird-like. And by the way, theropod, that means theropod covers all of the meat-eating dinosaurs and the omnivores. So Gallimimus fits into the same major family as Tyrannosaurus rex. But other than that, they're not very closely related, but they still fit into the theropod family. Now, these dinosaurs have really big eyes, really big eyes. And that suggests that they either had night vision or they had excellent vision. But the one thing about their eyes, their eyes are kind of on the side of their head. That means that this dinosaur is probably not chasing down big prey because their eyes don't look straight ahead. Their eyes look to the side. That means that they're probably looking for anything that's moving and they're watching out for danger. But I don't think these things are going to run after a big dinosaur. I think their eyesight is to look for little things because you need good eyesight to see little things. You don't need good eyesight to see big things. I wear glasses. If I take my glasses off, I can still see an elephant. But if I take my glasses off, I can't see a tiny little lizard or frog near me. But when I put my glasses on, I can see them. So you don't need good eyesight to see big things. That's why I believe Gallimimus is hunting little things. And that's why I think it has such good eyesight. Something else I want to tell you that I, excuse me, (coughs) I'm so sorry about my cough, everybody. Something else I want to say about what it eats. I think it could pick up eggs if it could find a dinosaur nest that was unguarded. I think they would absolutely go in and grab eggs and run off with them and maybe break them open with its claws or its beak and eat the insides. But somebody proposed, a scientist once thought, these animals might be filter feeders. What's a filter feeder? Well, think about a whale, for instance. Baleen whales have these little brush-looking things in their mouth. They're not teeth, they're brushes. And what they do is they open their mouth and and a whole bunch of water goes in. Then they close their mouth and they squeeze the water out of their mouth. But the little brushes trap any tiny little things that were in the water. Little fish, little crustaceans, plankton, anything. Well, when you look at the mouth of a gallimimus, it seems to have what looks like little brushes in the roof of its mouth. And some scientists believe that they were using those little brushes the same way a whale would. It would put its mouth in the water, open its mouth, grab a big mouthful, snap its mouth shut, push the water out with its tongue, and the little brushes might trap tiny little shrimp or crabs. So it would be interesting that maybe they're filter feeders too. One of the best things about being an omnivore is you get to eat everything. So one day you might decide, I want to eat tiny little shrimps out of that pond, or I want to eat a salad, or I want to eat fried chicken. Okay, there's no fried chicken during the age of dinosaurs, so forget that part. 
And plus, gallimimus means chip, chicken mimic. You think he wants to eat fried chicken? It would be like, what do you kids want for dinner? Let's eat Uncle Ralph. Hooray! Let's eat Uncle Ralph. Let's eat. Okay, Uncle Ralph has just ran away. Okay, so I don't think he's actually eating. I don't think he's actually eating fried chicken, but that's the best part is I think it's eating everything. And finally, I mentioned that they're very fast. And boy, I think they were. Scientists estimate that these dinosaurs might have been able to run between 42 to 56 kilometers per hour. Here in the U.S., that would equal 29 to 34 miles per hour. That may not sound fast, but man, that's moving. That's booking it. If the next time you're traveling in a car, ask whoever's driving, whether it's your mom or dad or grandma or uncle or aunt or big brother or big sister, tell them, when we are going 56 kilometers an hour, or if we're going 34 miles per hour, tell me so I can look out the window and look down at the ground and see how fast the ground is moving. You're going to go, hey man, this thing is fast. This thing is super fast. So Gallimimus, the chicken mimic, is super fast, pretty big, weighed a thousand pounds, lived in Mongolia, lived during the late Cretaceous period, 70 million years ago. It was a biped and it was an omnivore. And what's the number one lesson we learned about it, kids? It likes fried chicken. It doesn't like fried chicken. All right, let's take a commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to answer some Dinosaur George questions. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. All right, I'm going to jump onto my email and I'm going to read some of the questions that were sent to me from some of the listeners. But first, I want to answer questions that were submitted by my Patreon club members because you always get priority. This first one comes from Desmond. Said, hi, I'm Desmond. I live in Toronto and I'm five years old. I am very excited to be a Velociraptor member and I love my replica claw. Awesome. Glad you got it. Yeah, if you join the uh, Raptor Club, uh, you get a replica Velociraptor claw in the mail. Uh, and if you're a T-Rex member, you get a Raptor claw and a T-Rex tooth replica. So Desmond says, do you do dinosaurs regrow their killing claw if they lose it in battle? Thank you very much. Whoa. Nice question, Desmond. The claw on the foot of a raptor is made of two parts. The inside, which we call the core, C-O-R-E, core. And then the outside, which is the nail. That's the fingernail. Now, if it breaks the fingernail covering, that will grow back. But if it breaks the actual claw off, it will not grow back. It's like your finger, Desmond. You can break your fingernail and your fingernails will grow back. But if your whole finger breaks off, uh, you won't grow another finger. So these dinosaurs had to be very careful about how they use their claws because if they broke their claw, they could be in big trouble. It's a great question. All right. My very good buddy, Noah. Uh, Noah, who is one of the original Patreon Club members. He was one of the first. Noah said, something has always confused me how sauropods get enough food to fuel their body. What a brilliant observation. 
Their heads are tiny. How could a sauropod eat enough food in a day to supply its body? There's two ways this happens, Noah. One is the fact that they do not chew their food in their mouth. Sauropods only use their mouth to grab the leaves and swallow them. They do not chew them. Their teeth are not made for chewing. Their teeth actually look more like a rake or a comb or a a spoon. All they do is strip the leaves off the trees and swallow them. So number one, they're not spending any time. That was me chewing. And no, I was not chewing gallimimus, by the way, because I would be an herbivore right now because we're talking about sauropods. So they don't waste any time chewing. And number two, Noah, when you look at the size of the brain of a sauropod, when we sleep, it's to help our brains recover from all the things that were going on. Humans have to have a certain amount of sleep so we can kind of clear our heads and wake up the next day refreshed. But when your brain is the size of your thumb, you don't have to do that that much. I believe, Noah, that sauropods may have stayed awake maybe 20 hours every day or 23 hours a day and maybe only sleep for one hour or so. So that means they can feed both during the day and at night. They're eating all the time. And that's how I think they were able to get enough food into their body to fuel that giant machine. Great question. All right, Max. Max says, my mom and I are busy having a discussion because we say that cheetahs are part of the cat family. And I think you said it's not. And it's more closely related to hyenas. Could you tell us? Thank you for Max. Well, Max, yes, cheetahs do not actually fit into the family of big cats. A cheetah is different. First of all, I don't think a cheetah can retract its claws. I'm almost certain a cheetah cannot retract its claws. I think that's the, I I believe that's true. I hope I'm right. If I'm not, somebody needs to send me a, a message and let me know. But yes, cheetahs actually don't fit into the family with lions and tigers and jaguars and leopards. They are a different family. And yes, I think they are more closely related to hyenas. And I know that's hard to figure out, but you have to remember this, Max. When you look at the outside of an animal, that's not what scientists look at when they put them into family groups. They look at the skeleton of the animal. And there are enough differences with a cheetah so that it is so that it doesn't fit in with the rest of the cat family. Even though on the outside it looks like a cat, it's really not a cat. And then he said, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, here we go. It said, uh, by the way, thanks for the gift. Max is a new member. Thanks for the gifts. You're welcome, Max. Uh, I wanted to ask you if Smilodon hunted in the water. What an interesting question, Max. I don't know if Smilodon was really designed to be in the water. I don't think there's nothing about its body that would tell me that it would that it would spend much time in the water. So I don't believe it would be hunting in the water. Max, to me, that looks like an animal that's absolutely hunting on land. But that's my best guess. All right, Jameson. Hi, Dinosaur George. My brothers and I came across a dinosaur that we've never heard of. It's called Ichthyovenator. Can you please tell us about it? Well, hi, Jameson, and hi to your brothers. Ichthyovenator, I believe, is a spinosaurid. I believe Ichthyovenator is a spinosaurid, meaning it's a cousin of Spinosaurus. 
Some scientists, if I remember correctly, think it had kind of like a sail, but not as big as Spinosaurus. It had a long snout, so it appears to be suited for catching fish. So, I believe, because ichthyovenator, by the way, ichthy means fish. Uh, And venator, I think that means hunter, doesn't it? Is ichthyovenator mean fish hunter? Ooh, I got to look that up. I got to look that up, Jameson. But I know that it is a member of the Spinosaurid family, and it's a very cool dinosaur. As a matter of fact, Jameson, if you and your brothers will go onto your Patreon page and look at the, the messages I posted, I did a class, I did a lesson on Spinosaurus. You can watch those lessons. And for all of you, if any of you want to join the Patreon club, when you join, depending on which level you join at, you can go back and watch all of the lessons I've taught before. There's something like 15 or 20 lessons on there. So you can, so if you guys will go back, Jameson, and look at that, you can see a picture of Ichthyovenator. All right, Gideon would like to know, do you think T-Rexes would have hunted in packs? Also, do you think they had feathers all over their bodies when they were babies? Well, hello, Gideon. Good questions. Yes, I believe T-Rexes would have hunted in packs. There's a lot of benefits to hunting in a pack. You're more likely to catch more prey. You can set up ambushes. You can bring down bigger prey. So, yes, I believe they hunted in groups. Now, did I think they had feathers when they were babies? I don't know if they needed them or not, Gideon. Because during the late Cretaceous period, the world was relatively warm. And really, usually the only thing feathers do for a baby is to insulate it to keep it cool. I mean, to keep it warm when it's possibly cold. I don't know if they needed that. It would certainly be interesting. I can tell you that. It would be very interesting if they were. All right, Lucas, uh, Patreon club member Lucas says, How do paleontologists know that a Margosaurus had poor hearing but a better sense of vision. Nice. And he says, was Rugops related to Carnotaurus? And I love your podcast. What a nice thing to say. I'm glad you like the podcast, Luke. I'm glad you do. Okay. How do they know that Amargosaurus had poor hearing, but a better sense of vision? What scientists are able to do is to take the skull of a dinosaur and put it in a machine called a CAT scan. That's like a super powerful x-ray. They can actually see the place in the skull where the brain used to be. And then using a computer, they can recreate the shape of that brain three-dimensionally. They can even hook it up to to a printer and make a 3D print of it. Once they have the shape and size of the brain... They then can compare that brain to other living animals, and that helps them figure out which part of the brain was for which senses. Like, for instance, if a lot of your brain is used for vision, then that would suggest that they have good eyesight. If a lot of your brain is used for hearing, that would suggest they have good hearing. So they're able to first CAT scan the skull, 3D print a copy of the brain, use all of the high-tech science to understand that brain, and then compare that brain to living animals, and that helps them figure out which part of the brain was for that. And so if you read that a Margosaurus had poor hearing but better sense of vision, I would imagine that was based on somebody doing a CAT scan 
and looking at the brain. And then when you ask if Rugops is related to Carnotaurus, yeah, all carnivores are related. But I'm not sure if Rugops is closely related to Carnotaurus or not. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I, I don't think so, Lucas, but I'm glad you like the podcast. And then finally, my new member, Kamal. I am 10 years old from Ireland. Hello, my little friend from Ireland. My mother's side of the family are all from Ireland, and one of the dreams I have is to go back to Ireland and go look around. If I'm coming, Kamal, I hope you and your family will be my tour guide. Kamal says, I am a new Tyrannosaurus uh, level member. Welcome to the club, my little friend. I'm looking forward to some lessons. I hope you do. I have many questions like, where does Irritator get its name? Okay, Irritator is a really cool story. Irritator is a... Uh, is also a Spinosaurid. It's related to Ichthyovenator, and it's related to Spinosaurus. How did it get its name? Okay, here's the here's the story. Uh, a group of paleontologists were contacted by a farmer who found some bones on his property. The farmer tried to dig the bones up himself, and he broke a lot of them. And that made the paleontologist so mad, so irritated. The word irritate means to aggravate or make mad. The paleontologist was so irritated, they named the dinosaur Irritator. That's how mad they were that they broke the bones up when they tried to dig it up themselves. How crazy is that? <laughs> how crazy is that? And then Kamal says, uh, big fan, I would love to be interviewed someday. You know, come <coughs> excuse me again, everybody. Kamal, by being a Tyrannosaurus Rex member, your name automatically goes on the wheel. And in our next meeting, I'll spin the wheel and we'll see if whose name it lands on. And I hope one day it lands on yours as well. Okay. And then let's see. Um, 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 okay. Let's do this. Let me take another break so I can take a drink. So maybe I won't keep coughing while I'm gone. Here's something to think about. I hope you might consider having me do a private lesson on your birthday or for any group that you belong to. Hey, kids, you can have a private virtual lesson with Dinosaur George. Have him speak at your birthday party or have a lesson just for you. Lessons last 45 minutes and are available to all countries and time zones. Visit our store at DinosaurGeorge.com and order your own private lesson today. All right, let's see if my voice holds out. Now I'm going to go into my email and I'm going to read some of the questions that were sent through our Dinosaur George Kids podcast page. And if you want to go to that page, you just go to DinosaurGeorge.com. Click on the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page. It's on, the, it's on the homepage. And there's a form that you can fill out and submit. And if your question is chosen and we choose them by random choice, yours will be read. So let's start. This first question comes from Malcolm, who is six years old and lives in New Hampshire. Malcolm wants to know if I can do a podcast on Bahatosaurus and Deinonychus. Well, Deinonychus is definitely on the list, Malcolm. I can't believe I haven't done it yet because I love Deinonychus. It's really my second favorite dinosaur. So yes, my friend, I will definitely do 
Deinonychus, and then I will try to do Bahadasaurus as well. All right. This next uh, question is from, looks like, uh, I think it's just pronounced Yos, J-O-S. I think it's Yos, age eight, who lives in New York City. Yos asks, what covers the club of an ankylosaurus's tail? What a great question. That's called, um, my gosh, my mind just went blank. Keratin. I can't believe I forgot that. Keratin. It's what our fingernails are made of. Keratin, but it was very, very thick. Very, very powerful. And that's what covered. Now, the underside, the part inside is bone. Solid bone. But it is keratin that covers that club. All right, Phoenix, age eight from San Antonio. What kind of dinosaurs were in Texas? A bunch, Phoenix. A bunch. There was Acrocanthosaurus, Iguanodon, Deinonychus. Uh, let me think who else. Um, who else? Oh, my gosh, there's so many. Protohadros. Um, oh, man. Stegosaurus. Um, 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 who else? Who else? Cohelaceratops, probably. Um, Homolocephaly, I think. No, not homolocephaly. Um, Oh, my gosh, I can't remember all of them. And there's so many of them. There is a book called Lone Star Dinosaurs. You need to buy that book or find it online. It lists all the Texas dinosaurs. And there was a bunch. I just can't believe my mind just went blank. I, I suddenly forgot all of them. Tenontosaurus is one. Pawpawsaurus is one. Uh, Alamosaurus. Uh, Paluxosaurus. So many of them. Great question. All right. Uh, let's go. Let's see. I'm just going to go down there. Here's Graham, who's four years old from Houston, Texas. Graham says, my favorite dinosaurs are Indoraptor and T-Rex. I love your podcast. Dad says he listens daily. Thank you, Dad. Thank you for letting him listen. I'm glad that Graham is listening, and I hope he's learning some cool stuff. So Graham wants to know, why do T-Rexes hunt with their mouth? And why are T-Rexes arms so tiny? Well, first of all, they hunt with their mouth, Graham, because their arms are tiny. And if they have little arms, they can't use them to catch. So T-Rex has figured out that they were better at running up and grabbing things with their mouth instead of using their arms. So over time, their arms got smaller and smaller and smaller, but their heads got bigger and bigger and bigger. There's a lot of animals that only hunt with their mouth. Sharks. Wolves, snakes, lizards, these animals only hunt with their mouth. Crocodiles, and they do a good job. So Tyrannosaurus's arms kept getting smaller because it stopped using them to catch their dinner. If you have something on your body that you don't use, it just keeps getting smaller and smaller. So T-Rex's arms were little because it didn't use them anymore. But its head kept getting bigger, and that's what it used to hunt. Great questions, Graham, and I hope you enjoy hearing your name on this podcast. Okay, Gregorio, age four, from New York City. What is inside the T-Rex's teeth? Well, the inside of the tooth of a T-Rex, Gregorio, is a Gregorio. I'm sorry, Gregorio. The inside, Gregorio, is the same stuff that is inside of our tooth. It's called pulp. That's on the very inside. 
And then on the outside, it's enamel, which made them super powerful and super strong. We have enamel on our teeth, but just not as big as T-Rexes. All right, Karen from Sydney, Australia. Can you please do a podcast on Gallimimus? Well, guess what, Karen? I read your comment back when you submitted it, and I put Gallimimus on the list. So I'm doing Gallimimus today because you wanted to hear it. So Karen, shout out to you. I hope you enjoyed your lesson on Gallimimus. All right. Layla, age five from Aubrey, Texas. What kind of food do T-Rexes eat? Well, hello, Layla. They ate pizza, corn dogs, chicken nuggets, hamburgers, French fries, and waffles. Though, all right, all right. I think I made every one of those up. Let me back up. They ate meat. They ate anything they could catch, Layla. They ate anything they could catch. No, they did not eat waffles. No, they did not eat French fries. But they did eat anything they could catch. They were big. They were probably hungry a lot. And they needed a lot of food. All right, my little buddy Oliver from Sydney, Australia. Can you please do a podcast on Oviraptor? That's another good suggestion. That's a good one, Oliver. I'll try to add that one to the list. Okay, let's see. Um, This is from Elliot, who's age six, who lives in Yorkshire, United Kingdom. Oh, uh, uh, Elliot is a brand new uh, T-Rex member. Thank you for my tooth and claw. I love them and use them to shred the envelope. Nice. Nicely done. Elliot says, I know the smallest sauropod you were talking about in the Carcharodontosaurus podcast. Is it Magirosaurus? Yes, that's the one, Elliot. What Elliot is talking about is while I was teaching our lesson on Carcharodontosauruses, I could not remember the name of the little sauropod. And Elliot reminded me it's Magirosaurus. Thank you very much. And then let's see, Elliot says, can I please do a who would win? Uh, As a matter of fact, let me see, Elliot. I think I wrote yours down. Where did I put? Yes. Okay, Elliot, I'm going to answer your who would win in just a moment, okay? I'm going to answer it in just a second. I do. And Elliot says, I listen every day to your podcast and it makes me feel happy. I'm glad, Elliot. That makes me happy that you are happy, my little friend. All right, Lenny, age seven, from Victoria, Australia. Hi, Dinosaur George. What is the biggest dinosaur in the world? What dinosaurs came from Australia? Thank you, Lenny. Hi, Lenny. How are you in your beautiful country? I'm going to come visit one day, I promise. Okay, biggest dinosaur appears to be Argentinosaurus, probably, or Sauroposeidon. There's an argument over which one's bigger, but they're both gigantic. So either one of those is probably the biggest one known. Now, what dinosaurs lived in Australia? A bunch. Uh, Mudaborosaurus, Rapator, not Raptor, Rapator. Um, who else? Um, there's Leolinosaura. There's Timimus. As a matter of fact, they just discovered a new big sauropod. And now I can't remember its name. Is it Austra- Australiosaurus? It can't be that easy. But I think that's what it is. It was a giant sauropod. So, Lenny, I know there's a bunch. Minmi, which is a little armored dinosaur, which is one of the dinosaurs I love. That dinosaur came from Australia. You had some amazing dinosaurs in your country. 
All right, Sebastian, age seven, from Bakersfield, California. Hello, Dinosaur George. Is Plesiosaurus a marine reptile? And can you please do a podcast on Plesiosaurus? Yes and yes. Yes, it is indeed a marine reptile. Plesiosaurus is a marine reptile. That's very good that you mentioned that because it's not a dinosaur. It lived with the dinosaurs, but it's not a dinosaur. It lived its, its entire life in the ocean. Therefore, it is a marine reptile. The word marine means ocean, just so that you guys know. I mean, there are Marines like soldiers from the Army and Navy Air Force Marines, but that's not the same thing. The marine reptiles lived in the ocean. And yes, I really do need to do a podcast on some ocean, on some aquatic reptiles. I don't, I've done Mosasaur, but I need to do one Plesiosaur. That's a good suggestion. All right. A Joseph from Edinburgh, Scotland. Hi, Joseph, age five from Scotland wants to know, what was the first dinosaur I ever dug up? Well, hello, Joseph, my little friend, and a hello to everyone in Scotland. Thank you for listening to the podcast. The first dinosaur bone I ever found was the tailbone of an Allosaurus. When I was little, Allosaurus was my favorite dinosaur. And then the first dinosaur bone I ever dug up was the tailbone of an Allosaurus. How cool is that? That was just luck. All right, uh, Jaden from Malaysia. Can we do an Apatosaurus podcast? Yeah, definitely, Jaden. And thank you for listening to me all the way in Malaysia. Uh, yes, we definitely need to do a Apatosaurus because Apatosaurus is such an interesting story. You know, it's such an interesting story. It's like some people call it a patasaurus. Some people call it um, um, a brontosaurus. So I need to do a story. I need to do a podcast on that. All right. Last one is from Iris, age nine, from here in Texas. What dinosaur fossil is found the most? It's a very interesting question. It's a very interesting question. Okay. The dinosaur that is found the most or the bone fossil that's found the most from a dinosaur, probably the teeth from Edmontosaurus or from any hadrosaur. Hadrosaur teeth are the number one most common fossil found. Why? Because one hadrosaur might have a thousand teeth in its mouth and they lose and replace their teeth throughout their entire life. So one hadrosaur might lose thousands of teeth, but it only has one skeleton. And so, since it only has one skeleton, you can only find one. So that would be, in my opinion, the most common fossil found is hadrosaur teeth. That means Parasaurolophus, Corythosaurus, Lambiosaurus, um, Myosaura, Edmontosaurus, all of those. Prosaurolophus, all of those. All right, let's jump over now to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, if you would like to send me messages or post pictures, you do it through the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page. I mean, I'm sorry, the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page. That's, you can join for free. There's no charge. There's no admission. You can come on and you can post cool stuff. So I'm just going to go through and look about that. This first one comes from the Gustafson family who said, hi, Dinosaur George. We have been learning all about dinosaurs for the last month and finished making our own paper mache volcanoes. 
We thankfully found your podcast when searching for dinosaur resources, and the kiddos are obsessed. JR, Eloise, and Max. Well, you three, thank you for sharing the videos of your uh, volcanoes, and I love your volcanoes. They look awesome, and I love the scenes where you set them up. So your volcanoes are awesome, and I see them working. How cool is that? Mom and Dad, thank you for posting that picture. We loved it. Next is a picture of my buddy Colton. At the very beginning, I gave a shout-out to Colton. Here's a picture that his mom posted of Colton and I together, and then Colton standing in front of my dinosaur truck. Great seeing you, buddy, and I hope I do see you Sunday out at Trader's Village. Next, next comes, oh, this is Peyton. Little Peyton Raptor. I have so much fun with Peyton Raptor. Dinosaur George, thank you for making her day. I laughed out loud when you asked her if her parents were feeding her rocks. <laughs> I said that because Peyton's front teeth fell out. So I asked if mom was giving her rocks to eat. Um, Peyton did such a great job and she's so much fun. And by the way, Peyton, if you hear this podcast, I want you to remember, child, I won the contest. Nobody said camel. I was the only one who got it right. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, Harris sent an amazing picture of a dinosaur taco. <laughs> this is amazing. It's a taco that's made to look like a stegosaurus. That is super crazy cool. Then JW posted some really cool pictures of two tyrannosaur toys, and you have to guess which one is T-Rex. Uh, JW, is it B? Is A, is A Despletosaurus or is that Tarbosaurus? I don't know, but they're great. Okay, Charlotosaurus had dino chicken nuggets for lunch and arranged the herbivores eating veggies and the carnivores hunting. She also drew a picture of a T-Rex eating dinosaur joint. Wait a minute, you little stinker, you little stinker. Here, I was all excited about your dinner, and there's a picture of me being eaten by a T-Rex. Oh, you naughty little kid. Charlottesaurus, I love your drawing. Thank you for letting me get eaten, get eaten by a T-Rex, you little stinker. That's great. I love that very much. All right, what else have we got? Uh, here we go. Uh, hi, Dinosaur George. I recently went to the shops, and I found a dinosaur that I thought was Gastonia. But I saw later in the catalog that it's actually Anamantarx. Is this dinosaur a Gastonia or Anamant Anamantarx? And how can you tell? I also have been pressing my dinosaurs into Play-Doh in order to make fossil footprints. This is from Zachary, who's four years old from Sydney, Australia. Zachary, I love that idea. I love that. He's got Play-Doh and he's using his dinosaur toys to make footprints and to make what looks like skeletons laying in there. That's great. And for, uh, for Zachary, here's the difference between Anamantarx and Gastonia. Gastonia has more flat plates along its sides that are bigger than Anamantarx. That's the difference between them. Plus, Gastonia also has spikes in the center of its back, not just down the side. Okay. Hey, this is a great picture, by the way. This is great. Um, uh, this, this picture is from Agnes. Agnes posted a picture of a, of a, a, um, my mind just went blank. A, <laughs> okay. This is crazy. Platypus. Wow. 
I kept wanting to say platybelodon, which is an elephant. I could see the name in my head, but I kept wanting to say platybelodon. That's why I was hesitating. It's a platypus, but it's a very good point. If you saw the skull of a platypus and you had no idea what it was, if you asked an artist to draw a picture, it might draw some alien-looking thing because it didn't know what a platypus looked like. This is a very good point because scientists can see skeletons and they have to guess at what the animal looked like on the outside. And sometimes we guess wrong. And speaking about Agnes, her and her brother Ernest went to the Dinosaur Discovery Exhibit in Woodland Park, Seattle, Washington, and she asked, why is Allosaurus my favorite dinosaur? Well, the reason why I like Allosaurus the most, Agnes, is when I was little, Santa Claus brought me some dinosaur toys one Christmas. And in that bag of toys was an Allosaurus that looked way cooler than all the other dinosaur toys. And that's when it became my favorite. And it just always stayed my favorite. And those are great pictures. And thank you for posting all those pictures of you and your brother. Uh, now, I see that picture of you by Allosaurus, but I don't see your little brother. Does that mean Allosaurus ate him? Okay, well, it's been nice knowing you, Ernest. <laughs> I'm teasing. Those are great pictures. All right, let's see. What else have we got? What else have we got? Um, um, here we go. Here is three-year-old Rex. Rex says, I love dinosaurs. My favorite dinosaur is T-Rex. And this is my head inside one when in England. Okay, Rex was inside a Rex. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen. A Rex inside of a Rex. This is so cool, and I'm glad you like dinosaurs, and I'm glad your mom or dad or whoever posted this picture did it because it's a great picture, and I love it. Rex inside of a Rex. That's great. Okay, here we go. This is from Gage, who is six years old, drew a picture of a Spinosaurus on the hunt. Ooh, do I like your colors, Gage. Great. I love the sail. I love those claws. I love its teeth. You made a nice long head. You did an excellent job. Shout out to Gage. That's a beautiful drawing. And then Ziva, age seven, drew a Myasaurus nest. What a good job, Ziva. That's a great picture. That's an excellent picture. So proud. And then Byron, who's six years old, would like you to show this drawing of a fight between Therizinosaurus and T-Rex. Who do I think would win? Whoa, that's a good drawing, buddy. I don't know if T-Rex is going to mess with something with claws that big. I'm going to think Therizinosaurus is going to win that battle. And then Charlotte made a video. Let me see if I can play this video. See if you guys can hear it. Oh, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Charlotte had a pterodactyl cleaning out the teeth of Tyrannosaurus. This is a great video. I loved your video very much, and I love the scene that you set up. You even had plants. Charlotte, I'm so proud of you. Shout out to Charlotte. That was great. And then a picture of Felix, who was getting ready for his lesson on Carcharodontosaurs. Felix has his entire dinosaur collection lined up watching the video. Uh, Felix, I didn't know all those dinosaurs are staring at me. 
Why didn't you warn me? I could have been eaten. That's a great picture. And I love your dino game face. That's amazing. And then Anthony, who's seven years old, that lives in Salt Lake City. Anthony drew an amazing picture and he even said, I love you. Don't get eaten. Well, I hope I don't get eaten. And I love you too, Anthony. And I love your drawing. That's excellent. You use great colors. You did such a great job. I am so proud of you, buddy. That is excellent work. Shout out to you. And then it looks like your sister, Abby, who's 10 years old, drew a Spinosaurus. And hey, wait a minute. Am I riding on the back of a Spinosaurus? I'm riding on the back of a Spinosaurus. What kind of a kid makes me ride around on a Spinosaurus? Okay, Abby, that's really cool. I love that very much. And then Abby also did a Plesiosaurus. Am I still on its back? Okay, good. I have a scuba suit on. I was going to say, how am I supposed to hold my breath the whole time? This is great. These are great. I love them very much. And then uh, Amelia, who is seven years old, sent an amazing picture of Dinosaur George is riding on a plesiosaur and I don't get eaten. Okay, I better not get eaten, you little stinker. I love your drawings. You guys were amazing. Those are great. Thank you for not letting me get eaten, by the way. All right, uh, Mighod. We visited the ha- uh, Hagenbeck Animal Park in Hamburg, Germany. Hey, great picture of you right in front of a, of a stegosaurus. And is that, is that a ceratosaurus? Or it's, it's a ceratosaurus attacking it. Oh, Mighod, I love this picture of you. This is great, buddy. That is great. And I hope you had a good time. All right. And then Alexis. Now, Alexis um, works for me. Alexis is the lady that handles all of our social media. Well, she and her absolute beautiful little daughter went to a dinosaur park. And this is so cool because she's jumping around. She's in the mouth. Get out of that dinosaur's mouth, kid. Run for your life. Oh, honey, I love you. And I'm so glad you're getting so big. And those are great pictures of you guys. And I'm glad you got to spend all that time. All right. Russell completed the Microraptor assignment has a question. Do scientists know what color Spinosaurus really was like they do for Microraptor? Well, okay. Now, wait a minute. Hang on a minute. Russell, is that Microraptor swooping down to bite me? You little stinker. What kind of kid are you? It's a Microraptor jumping down. It's not supposed to be eating me. It's supposed to be eating something else. Okay, Russell, I can't believe you're having me eaten. Now let's get back to your cool question. Can Sp- Do we know the color Spinosaurus? We don't. You see, it has to be perfect conditions for the color pigment to become fossilized. So far, they've never found a Spinosaurus like that. So right now, we... <laughs> excuse me, we know what Microraptor's color was, but we don't know Spinosaurus. And by the way, thanks for getting me eaten, you little stinker. I love that picture. It's very good. All right, what else have we got? Max from England wants to know, what was the lightest dinosaur and how much did it weigh, please? All right, first of all, I want you all to remember, I'm going to read that again, and I want you to pay special attention. 
says Max from England wants to know what was the lightest dinosaur and how much did it weigh, please? Look at those manners. What good manners, Max. Good manners are one of the most important things you can have. You always need to be polite. I'm very proud of you, Max. This is a very good question. And the word please was used. So if your dad sent this, you need to look at your dad and say, thank you, dad, for teaching me good manners. Or if your mom sent it or if somebody else sent it or if you sent it, congratulations. Now, which was the lightest dinosaur? It's probably going to be the smallest, like uh, Micropachycephalosaurus or maybe little Compsonathus. And they probably weighed about as much as a cat, a house cat. That's not very much because they're tiny. All right, let's see. Oh, this is great. A great visit to Thanksgiving Point Museum in Ancient Life outside of Salt Lake City. This is great. This is the Chadwell family, and it is absolutely one of my favorite museums in the country. One of my favorite museums in the United States is the museum at Thanksgiving Point. It is great, and it looks like you guys are having a great time. Oh, I miss that place. It's so cool. All right. One of my favorites, little Malaraptor. Malaraptor, you're one of my favorites. Malaraptor wants to know if I know what concavenator's hump was. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, didn't I, didn't I already, uh, didn't I already respond to this one, Malaraptor? Did I respond to this one in my last podcast? Sometimes it's hard for me to remember. Um, but let me tell you, let me just, okay. All right, there we go. I see that I typed the answer, but I still want to answer it because I want to give you a shout out. Um, I want to give you a shout out. So Malaraptor, that bone was at that, that hump on its back was actually a bone under the skin. So it's not like a camel, you know, where it was just a fat reserve. It's actually a bone. And as a matter of fact, Malaraptor asked this question because that morning we had just done um, uh, a lesson that she was in and we learned about, um, we ne- learned about concavenator. So Malaraptor, that's a great question, honey. All right, let's see what <laughs> this is great from the D uh, the D boot family. Uh, <laughs> it looks like you're being eaten. You've got an arm inside of a big metal Tyrannosaurus Rex. If I was you, I would probably turn and run and then sent a great 3d picture of a scene. Oh, that's cool. And it's 3d. You set the scene outside. This looks great. Is that Carnotaurus? And is that a Triceratops? I love that picture. Those are great. And then Avi, my little buddy Avi, a picture his mom took while Avi was in during the lesson that we did the podcast lesson. It was so good seeing you, Avi. You always are a good participant. And I'm looking forward to seeing you Sunday at the grand opening. And then a picture again from the from the D-Boot family, Micro Raptor. What a cool picture. What a cool picture. And I love that fact. I love the fact that he is flying from one tree to the other. That is so cool. That is great. And then let's see, Shay, three years old, has been playing Who Would Win All Day. Here's a video of him doing Dinosaur George versus Allosaurus. Wait a minute. (laughs) You little stinker. You made Allosaurus my favorite dinosaur eat me? 
Oh, you naughty little kid. That was hilarious, and I love that very much. That was great. All right, Malcolm Age 6 sent a great Carnotaurus picture of a Carnotaurus in the forest. I love that picture. I like those horns. You gave it a nice long tail and little tiny arms, and I'm very proud of you. Very, very proud of you. And then here is, oh, this is so cool. This is Joshua and Lucas who were uh, on one of the lessons. And I am so glad that you guys are enjoying yourself. I'm glad you're laughing. I'm glad you're having a good time. Joshua and Lucas, shout out to you too. Very good. And then my buddy, Rody wants to know if I can do a podcast on dire wolves. Yeah, that's a good one, Rody. I need to do, I need to do a podcast on dire wolves. Absolutely. All right, my friends, I think I got everything. I think the only one I didn't get, there's two of them. Uh, let's see. This is from Luke, who's four years old. I just listened to your T-Rex episode for the 23rd time. <laughs> I got so excited when you talked about dinosaur PJs because my little brother and I are wearing ours too. Thank you so much for your podcast. Well, Luke, you and your little brother look great. You look like a Lucasaurus, and your little brother looks like a Shrimposaurus. You guys look great. Oh, and by the way, Malaraptor sent me a picture of a gigantic rhino, which is, which is huge. This thing is Paraceratherium, and I need to do a lesson on Paraceratherium. All right, my friends, uh, we're going to jump real quick over to the Who Would Win segment, and then I'm going to play an interview, and that's going to wrap it up. So let's get over to Who Would Win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All right, Elliot, I promised you I was going to do your who would win. So here we go. Elliot wants to know an elephant versus baryonyx. This is a good one. This is a good one, Elliot. Wow. Well, baryonyx obviously has the long mouth with the big teeth and the big hand claws. That's going to be an advantage. But elephants bring the power. Elephants bring the strength. Elephants. Now, if this elephant has tusks, that's really going to make a big difference. But let's say it's it doesn't have tusks. I think it would still be the baryonyx. I think this elephant, here's why. Baryonyx is on two legs. The elephant is on four. If you are going to run into each other, you can knock down something with two legs easier than an animal on four legs. Baryonyx would never be able to knock an elephant over. And that's the only way it's going to be able to kill it. But an elephant could knock a baryonyx over and then stomp on it. I think, Elliot, an elephant is going to win this fight. All right, Nathaniel Raptor. Now, again, um, everybody who submits a Who Would Win has to be a, a Tyrannosaur Patreon member. So these are all Tyrannosaurus members. Nathaniel Raptor. And by the way, when you join Patreon, you're allowed to give yourself a nickname. His nickname, Nathaniel Raptor. Who would win? Titanoboa versus Sarcosuchus versus Dinosaur George. Okay, let's start off by... 
Wait a minute. Let me read those again. Titanoboa versus Sarcosuchus versus Dinosaur George. You stinking kid. Why would you put me in the ring with a giant crocodile and a giant snake? How am I supposed to survive? Do you really think my underarm stink bombs are going to work against two giants like this? No. Here's what has to happen. Sarcosuchus attacks Titanoboa. Meanwhile, I jump out of the ring, get on a motorcycle, and ride to safety. Thank you very much. I am the victor because the other two ate each other. I won the battle, and I didn't even have to use my stink bombs. What do you think of that, my friend? All right. (laughs) This is from Lucas. Hi, Dinosaur George. This is Lucas. How are you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. I have a who would win. Who would win between Rugops and a Margosaurus? Whoa! I like this one. Now, Margosaurus definitely has the spines, which would help. But Rugops is a pretty powerful dinosaur. He's <coughs> a big meat eater. Considered one of the uglier meat eaters. I don't know why. I think he's cute. But I also think warthogs are cute. So what does that mean? So, I think in this particular case, even though a Margosaurus has that whip-like tail, and those spikes. Rugops, I think, is going to win. Amargosaurus is not very large. I think Rugops would win this battle, but that's a very, very good question. I like that very much. All right, Zane, who is six, says who would win? Compsognathus versus Allosaurus. Well, my friend Zane, Compies have the speed. Compies have the agility. Allosaurus has the power. If Allosaurus can ever get his jaws on a compi, a compi's new name would be Chicken Nugget because Allosaurus would eat it like a chicken nugget. Now, I don't know if Allosaurus could even ever catch a compi, but here's the problem. Even though he can't catch it, even though he probably can't catch a compi, even if he did, I mean, even if a compi kept attacking and attacking and attacking, I don't think, I don't think that that the compi could even do any damage. So I'm going to say that if Allosaurus ever gets his chompers or maybe even his foot, he could step on him. Okay, uh, let's see. This one is from Ravi. I'm age eight. Um, his brother, uh, uh, um, Avanish and Ravi are both members of the T-Rex club. Welcome to the club, boys. Welcome to the club. I really like your podcast, and we're so excited that Dad signed us up. Well, thank you, Dad, for doing that. That was very kind of you. And boys, please make sure that you tell your dad thank you for signing you up. He said, we have a who would win. Ankylosaurus versus Euoplocephalus versus Archia and Min. Oh, okay. And a Minmi. Oh, Ankylosaurus, Euoplocephalus, Archia, and Minmi. Who would win? Well, Ravi, Ankylosaurus has the size. It has the strength. Even though Euoplocephalus is pretty big. Now, poor little Minmi. And I don't know who Archia is. I'm going to have to look that up. I don't know who that is. But I'm assuming because all of your choices are, are, are all Ankylosaurids, I'm guessing he's probably an Ankylosaurid. Maybe so. Well, of all of these, though, Ankylosaurus is way heavier way more powerful than the others. 
poor little Minmi wouldn't stand a chance because he really doesn't have that many good weapons. The Oplocephalus might stay in there blow for blow for a little while, but I don't know how long that would last. And here's the last one. This is Aminash. I just turned six years old. I really love your podcast. I was hoping you'd answer my who would win. Well, how am I not going to do it with such a nice comment that you that you like my podcast? So, of course, I'm going to read yours. Here it is. Who would win? A pack of velociraptors versus Sonic the Hedgehog versus Lloyd from Ninjago. <laughs> Thanks for showing your work. My grandmother's from San Antonio. We think it's cool that she lives where I live. Well, I think that's cool too, Avanish, Avanash, 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 right? Right. I hope one day you come to visit her and then I'll get to meet you. Okay. Pack of Velociraptors versus Sonic the Hedgehog voices versus Lloyd from Ninjago. Okay. I don't know who Lloyd is, so I can't even guess. But I do know who Sonic the Hedgehog is because Sonic the Hedgehog is from my age. So Sonic the Hedgehog is way faster than a pack of Velociraptors. Yes, they've got their deadly weapons. Yes, they've got speed. But Sonic is too fast. And the poor Velociraptors would fall over from trying to chase that speed demon. The fight goes to Sonic the Hedgehog. All right, my friends, let's take one more short break, and then I'll do an interview with a Tyrannosaur member. Do you or someone you know like fossils, rocks, and minerals? Our web store is filled with amazing crystals, geodes, real fossils, and replica dinosaur claws, teeth, and more. Our prices are affordable, and we do not add excessive shipping fees. Go to dinosaurgeorge.com and order your items today. How would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon Club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus Club member. All right, one of the best parts about being a T-Rex member is we have a wheel that we spin, and it has the name of every T-Rex member on it. And the wheel spins, and if it lands on your name, you are the lucky one to be interviewed. Well, this time it landed on Mr. Hudson. Hudson, how are you doing, my friend? Do you, did did were you excited when your name came up? Uh yeah. Very cool. I, so, I mean I saw the hadrosaur lesson. Oh, you did? Not yeah, that was that's right. We did the hadrosaur lesson when your name came up. Yeah, that was so cool. And it that wheel goes slower and slower and it's like is it going to make it? Is it going to get there? Landed on Hudson. You're like, oh, yeah, baby. I have baby. to make <laughs> Oh, I have to add noises. If you don't have those cool noises, life is very boring. So I have to do noises like. <laughs> so those, that's the law. I'm required to make. Those are called science noises, Hudson. You didn't know that. So whenever you're learning science, you have to make those noises. Like when you tell your mom. Mom, I discovered how long a T-Rex is. Ready? Doing. Woohoo! 
And she'll go, what was that? Uh, those are the science noises I'm supposed to make. So, Hudson, how old are you, my friend? How old are you, buddy? Seven. Seven years old. Do you still live at home or do you have your own apartment? Uh, at home. Oh, okay. Well, I, I didn't think you should move out when you're seven, but what do I know, right? It's a different world. So, do you have brothers and sisters at home? Uh, no. So, you are it. They made you and they stopped at perfection. That's right, baby. All right. So now I can see you, but nobody else can. But behind you, I see a piano. And you and I were talking a little while ago. So you you were learning how to play the piano, right? Yeah. That's so cool. I started to learn when I was younger, but then I didn't. And I regret it because I wish I knew how to play. Does anybody else know how to play the piano in your house? Uh, My mom. Really? My dad doesn't. Well, what are we going to do with him? I'm trying to teach him, though. Yeah. Well, those dads are so hard to teach. You can't teach them nothing. Well, I'm glad that your mom knows how to play the piano. Is your mom teaching you, or do you get lessons? Uh, I get lessons. Nice. She's learning. She's learning, so. Oh, very cool. Well, I really regret. there. There's three things that I regret, Hudson, when I was younger. I wish I would have learned how to play the piano. I wish I would have learned how to type, because I don't. I type with two fingers. I, I don't type very well. And the third is I wish I would have learned Spanish. So maybe I'll have to learn one of those strings. Maybe you can teach me how to play the piano. Does that sound like a plan? I would sound beautiful. I would sit down at the piano. Uh, that's what my piano would sound like. That's a terrible piano. That was the worst. That was the worst imitation of a piano I've ever heard. So Hudson, what? The one that did it. Uh, yeah, but it sounded beautiful to me. But you were laughing, so I assumed you didn't think it was beautiful. I thought it was beautiful. Doesn't that sound like a beautiful song? No. Well, it would be beautiful if you were a cricket. All right. So, what grade are you going to be in next school year? Uh, second. Wow. So, did you like the first grade? Uh, I mean, my teacher was a little strict, but. Yeah, uh, you know what? Everybody has a teacher that can be strict, but you remember nobody can stop you from learning. So when you go into the second grade, you'll have a new teacher. Maybe it'll be a different thing. But let me ask you this. When when you were in school, were there things that you liked to learn about? Like were there subjects that you liked? I mean, I was really good at math. Wow. I'm very proud of you. I am not very good at math. Go ahead. Ask me. Ask me what 2 plus 2 is. I'll show you how good at math I am. Go ahead. Ask me what 2 plus 2 is. What is 2 plus 2? How am I supposed to know? Why would you ask me that question, kid? You trying to embarrass me in front of everybody? The answer is 5. Okay. So, no, it's 4. What? What do you mean it's 4? It's 4. 2 plus 2 isn't 4? Yeah, it is. It's 5. 2 plus 3 is 5. Oh, okay. So two plus three is four and two plus two is five. I got it. Okay. No. Well, that's good. I'm glad you taught me. Oh, okay. Well, I told you I wasn't good at math. I just proved it. That's how terrible at math I am. <laughs> so you were good at math. Now, what about reading? Are you, are you a good reader? Uh, not in French. I'm not. Wait a minute. Did you just say French? Yeah. So you're learning how to read French? Yeah. Uh, so I asked you if you're a good reader, and your answer is, well, not when I'm reading French. Well, Mr. Smarty Pants, I can't read. Well, okay, you want to know how much French I know? 
Here are the words I know in French. French fries, French toast, <laughs> uh, and that's all I know. Those are the two words that I know in French. French fries, French toast. What do you think of that? See, I can speak French. Uh, those are the words I know. Okay, first you're making fun of me about my math, and now you're complaining about my French? I mean, seriously, child. Why are you so hard? Why are you so rough on me? What did I do to deserve this? Because it's not <laughs> even French. Oh, well, I thought it was French. All right. So let's talk about dinosaurs. Do you have a favorite kind of dinosaur? Mm, Utah raptor. Whoa. Why do you like him or uh, her? Because he told me he was the most vicious one. Yeah. Yeah, I do believe that. I still believe that. Uh, Hudson, I think when you look at the, the claws and you look at the weapons on its feet and the teeth and the body, that's just a very, that's a very dangerous dinosaur. I would not want to be around a Utah raptor, especially a pack of them. Why do you think a pack would be dangerous? Because they can like surround you and they like, can jump up. Very good. So do you think when Utah Raptor is hunting little things, do you think it hunts in a pack or do you think it hunts by itself? I think it like hunts, if it's like a medium thing, it might be like three, like there's like small, maybe two. But. Yeah, I think that's right. What, what? So when you're hunting a big thing, of course, having a bunch of friends helps because you can bring it down. But even when you're hunting small animals, it would help to have like one other in the group because yeah. you can set up an ambush, right? Or you can chase them into the other one or whatever you want to do. Yeah. yeah, that would be cool. So you like Utah Raptor. Have you ever been to Utah before? Uh, yeah, I went to a museum in Utah. Did you go to the museum at Thanksgiving Point? Yeah, Museum of Ancient Life. That is, in my opinion, one of the best museums in the country. I loved it. Now, did you see those two fighting T-Rexes? Yeah, they were fighting over in Montosaurus. That's what it was. I, I, I kept thinking it was a Triceratops. I was there in 2007, so it's been a long time since I went. So when you walked into that museum, Hudson. Right next to T-Rex was, a, I think, a Triceratops and a Utah Raptor. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's right. I remember that. So when you first went in, if I remember correctly... It was sort of like you were walking over the water, like it had like the trilobites and stuff. Is that still there? Mm, I We saw a Gorgosaurus. Oh, whoa. Nice. They may have changed it up. Now, did they still have the mammoth skeleton with all the, all the humans around it? Yeah, they still had that. That's cool. And what about that giant megalodon head? Yeah, that one they still had. That's cool. And let's see, I think they had a, I know they had a long neck dinosaur. Was it Seismosaurus or Supersaurus? Was it one of those? I think it was like the Poisiosaurus, but I'm not sure which one. Nice. Very nice. And they had one other thing, and I don't know if they still have it, but it was like, it was like a thing that had water running through it and sand, and it would like bury fossils and you would dig them up. Do you know what I mean? Was that? Yeah, I, but the water wasn't running through it. Oh, what it a was- rip. It was just buried and we had to dig them up. Oh, that's cool. Did you find any cool stuff? Uh, I think I found a Ferrazinosaurus, but like... Nice. I'm not really sure. But like, yeah. 
Because we didn't really dig it all up. Right. One other thing I want to ask you about that museum. When I was there. But we know it. We saw a stegosaurus. Oh, you did see a stego. What about ceratosaurus? Was there a little ceratosaurus in there? He's Um, he's the meat eater with the blade on his nose and two horns over his eyes. uh, I'm not even sure. Yes. Yeah, I think I think they I think I saw one. Well, while we were at that museum, they told us there was little gnomes. Gnomes. Oh, did you find any of them? Uh, no. I, the only reason why I found them, because they have gnomes hidden all over the museum. I used to have a television show on the History Channel called Jurassic Fight Club. And we went there one night to film. So we got to be there when nobody else was there. And one of the people working there walked around and showed me all the gnomes. That's the only reason why I could find any of them. I couldn't find any of the gnomes. So you got to see a Utah raptor. That's pretty cool. It was a replica because... People could like jump up and touch it. So. Oh, right. Yeah, they have to do a replica. Did they have one of those rooms where they were working on fossils? Did they still have that? Do you remember? Uh, yeah. But there was also like in that room there was like a picture of what it would be like if they're like in the the field and with like their cabins. Right. That's cool. Would you like to go out and dig up a dinosaur? Yeah, I would. But like. I know it could take like years, months. Oh, yeah. Especially if it's big. But sometimes you can go out and you can find like a tooth just laying on the ground. You're like, I found a tooth. Oh, yeah, baby. What's that? Or dino tracks. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. You can see dino tracks as well. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you the question. If you could travel back in time to see a dinosaur. Who would you want to see? Uh, I don't really know much plant eaters, but like, I think I would do more like my sort of like Edmontosaurus. You'd like to see Edmontosaurus. Hey, that would be cool. I wonder what they sounded like. Yeah, I feel like Parasaurolophus kind of sounded like, hmm. That was pretty good. I can do a Parasaurolophus noise. You want me to do it? Okay, that was terrible. Oh, that was quite beautiful. Thank you very much. Wasn't that beautiful? It actually sounded like a Uh, Okay, let me do another one then. This will be better. (laughs) The second one sounded like a fart. Well, it was. So thank you so much for calling that out in front of everybody. (laughs) Well, those noises are maybe what the hadrosaurs sounded like. There's no way to know for certain, but that could be the way they sounded. I would like to go back and see them. How come you don't want to go back and see a Utah raptor? Because it's a meat eater. Uh, so? Are you made of meat? Yeah, you're made of meat. Uh, I made of popcorn and Dr. Pepper. That's what I'm made of, child. So, you might be meat, but I'm, I smell and taste like popcorn. Every living thing except plants is made out of meat. Uh, I made a popcorn. I just told you I made a popcorn. Don't you think I am? That's all I eat. Popcorn. So I made a popcorn. You're still meat. Oh, okay. So you don't want to see a Utah Raptor because you're made of meat. Yeah. That's pretty smart, kid. That's pretty good. (laughs) So other than dinosaurs, 
do you like some of the other animals that existed a long time ago, like either the fish or the prehistoric mammals? Or there is there anything else that you find interesting? I mean, I like the pterosaurs. I feel like the dimorphodon, like the pterosaurs, the dimorphodon in there. Nice. I happen to have a picture of a dimorphodon. Dimorphodon look like? Yeah, dimorphodon. Yeah. Now, we don't know about the colors. And just for all the listeners, I happen to have some pictures of pterosaurs because I just finished teaching a pterosaur class just a minute ago to another group. So I happen to have pterosaurs. So it's funny you mentioned dimorphodon because I happen to have pictures of them. Yeah, I've got pictures of a bunch of different pterosaurs. Some of them look really weird. Oh, I feel like I saw that one in a game. Oh, you might you might have. Um, you want to see some of the weirdest ones? Yeah. Look at the head. This one's called Bacana Draco. Bacana Draco. Oh, I saw that before. It's one of like, I don't think that's more weird than Di- Dimorphodon. Yeah, I think you're right. Have you ever seen one called Nyctosaurus? Oh, no, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, that is the weirdest thing. I have no idea why it has such a weird head. And then there's one called Tupaxara that also has a very weird head. So pterosaurs are cool. So why do you like pterosaurs? Why do you like them? Uh, I mean, they could have, like, they're like meteors. They can, but they can, like, fly and grab stuff. Oh, nice. You're right. Yeah, you know, the mystery with pterosaurs did they like swoop down like a bird to catch fish or did they catch insects or did they eat lizards? I feel like they could catch, they can catch anything they can find and anything they can get in their beaks. Yeah, that's very good. That's a very good description because that's probably correct. Now, for plants. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, I wonder though, I wonder if there were any plant eating pterosaurs. I, I doubt it. Yeah, I don't I don't think there I don't think anybody's ever found one before. You know what's weird is they found the eggs of a pterosaur and they were soft like the eggs of a sea turtle. How crazy is that? They've got soft eggs like a t-shirt. Oh, I'm gonna ask you a hard question. Why didn't they have an egg with a shell like a bird egg? How come they had soft eggs? Can you guess? Uh so like they couldn't like break it to elastic, so it would, like pop back. Hey, that's very good. That's very good. Also, think about how much an egg would weigh if it had a big shell. So it would be hard for the pterosaur to fly, right? If it had a bunch of eggs inside of her, she would have a hard time flying with all that extra weight. That's that's pretty good, man. Well, I like pterosaurs. I think they're interesting. What about sea animals? Are there? Do you like any of the ancient sea creatures? Uh, I mean, I, my favorite is Tylosaurus. Whoa, man, that's a brute. Tylosaurus is a brute. I love that thing too. Did you ever know that it has a second row of teeth inside of its throat? Yeah. I, isn't that the same with Mosasaurus? Yes. They're all from the same family. Yes. Yeah. Mosasaur is the name of the family and within the family, there's a variety of different ones. So Tylosaurus is one of the biggest Mosasaurs. And they all have that second row of teeth up inside of their throat, which is like really weird. But what about, do, have you ever learned about plesiosaurs? What a plesiosaur yeah, is? I, I like those, but I'm, I spend more time with like 
the Mosasaurus. Yeah. And I have a Mosasaurus too, so. Oh, do you? Now that's pretty cool. That's actually a real tooth. Right. And then I have a Tylosaur, real tooth Tylosaur. And then I I notice for real Tylosaur is bigger, but that tooth is smaller. Ah, but remember the way Tylosaurus's teeth are, the farther back into the jaw you go, the smaller they become. So you could have a tooth from the corner of an adult's mouth and it's going to look small. But if you had a tooth from the front of the mouth, it would be gigantic. Or if it was a baby. And that's possible. Absolutely, that's possible. So, yeah, one of the things that's hard when you're a paleontologist is when you find fossils, sometimes they can be misleading. For instance, I have a Tyrannosaurus rex tooth that is ginormous, but I also have a T-Rex tooth that's tiny. Well, they're from the same dinosaur. It's just the one, the big one is from the front of its mouth and the little one is from the corner of its mouth. But if you show them to people, people might think, oh, one's an adult and one's a baby. No, same thing. So that's, that's what makes paleontology fun, but also very confusing. Yeah. All right. So what about other animals, not prehistoric animals? What about animals that are alive today? Do you have any interest in some of them? I mean, my favorite of all of them is, like, the anaconda. Like, Nice. Not just that. I think it's actually the biggest snake in the world. Right, the, yeah. The something python. Yeah, the, uh, is it reticulated python? Yeah, yeah. I think it was that one. Yeah, that, oh, those are amazing. So what about Titanoboa? Did you study that one at all? I mean, I wasn't, like, I wanted to know, like, how big that thing is. Right. It's, if I understand the size, it's about as long, almost as long as a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Now, it couldn't eat a T-Rex because it couldn't open its mouth that wide. I don't even know how long a T-Rex is. About 42 to maybe 44 feet long, something like that. I think, I think Titanoboa was 39 or 40 feet long, I think. I can't remember all the sizes, but I know it's big. Uh, 40 miles would be like. Okay, 40 miles would be gigantic. If it was 40 miles long, it could eat half the world. I don't think it's going to eat half the world. But that would be fun. And speaking of fun, what kind of stuff do you like to do? Or what are you going to do this summer? Do you have any plans? I, I'm going to go to Yosemite. No, that's nice. That's cool. And this is actually my first time. Really? Oh, man, you're going to love it. Now, I know I've done, but like. That's cool. Now, don't get eaten by a bear. And El Capitan or something like that. Yeah, El Capitan. That's so cool. That's pretty neat. Well, uh, remember to wear a bear repellent. What you do is you catch a skunk and you rub it all over you. And then you'll stink so bad that the bear doesn't want to mess with you. Yeah, so, but then smell yourself. Oh, yeah, but it's better than being eaten by a bear. So make sure to tell your mom, hey, mom, the next time you're at the grocery store, would you pick up a live skunk? Because I'm going to need to rub it all over me before we go to Yosemite. Uh, you you act like you don't believe me. You don't think that's a good idea? I think it's just the pepper thing. That... Oh, so you're going to put salt and pepper on you like a steak? No. <laughs> <laughs> you spray it at the 
bear. Oh, that's right. You spray a skunk at a bear. So you hold the skunk under your arm and you squeeze him like an accordion. (laughs) (laughs) You spray the pepper. Oh, you put salt and pepper on a bear. What does it taste like when you put salt and pepper on it? Do you eat the bear then? No. Well, you've got me so confused. I don't even know what's going on anymore. Eyes. Oh, okay. All right. Now that makes better sense. Okay, good. Well, I hope you have a good time because I went to Yosemite when I was really young and I don't remember that much about it, but I do remember to this day, my brothers and sisters still talk about it. It was like the coolest thing ever. Now, when you go to places like that, do you camp in a tent or do you stay in a lodge? What do you do? Uh, in Yosemite, I think I'm going to stay in a lodge or something. Nice. Camping? Ooh. Uh, we're going camping. Nice. Very, very cool. I bet you're going to love it. So remember, when you go camping, what are you going to take with you? A live skunk so that you're protected. So you make sure to find a nice big fat skunk. To- oh, okay. Think of the car. Well, yeah, but still, I mean, it's better than being eaten by a bear, right? Salt and pepper. pepper. That's right. Salt and pepperosaurus. Maybe we'll name a dinosaur after that. All right, Mr. Hudson, let me ask you, do you uh, do you like the Patreon club? Do you like being in the club? I mean, I didn't watch any, like, much of the... The recorded the, lessons? But, like, I watched part of the hadrosaur lessons, but, like... Nice. Yeah, yeah the hadrosaurs are, are interesting, especially because of the strange shapes of... I tried the meat eater lesson, but like, I was like talking about like other things and not meat eaters. <laughs> <laughs> well, why you were, you were not talking about meat eaters? So, <laughs> well, I, I can promise you the meat eater lesson is about meat eaters. <laughs> what we did, we just did one on um, Carcharodontosaurids. And in fact, I think I'm getting ready to put that lesson up. Uh, You'll get it on your Patreon page so you can watch that. Those are some pretty interesting meat eaters. Carcharodontosaurids are very strange, and they're huge. They were, like, bigger than Tyrannosaurus rex. Uh, Isn't Mapusaurus in that family? Attaboy, that's exactly right. Mapusaurus is, Carcharodontosaurus, Acrocanthosaurus, um, which I I like Acrocanthosaurus a lot. Uh, I feel like Gorgosaurus was, like, kind of, like, a little fast, like kind of like Allosaurus. Yeah, Gorgosaurus is a Tyrannosaur, so he's yeah. going to fit in the family with T. Rex. Yes. Yeah, so the way it worked is the Carcharodontosaurus. Well, first there was the Allosauruses, then came the Carcharodontosaurus, and then the the Tyrannosaurus. I have two questions. Yeah. Uh. So first, right after we did the private lesson, it was my birthday, and I got presents. Right. One of presence was Jurassic World Allosaurus toy. Oh, how cool is that? Oh, yeah, baby. That was cool. Do you like that one? Yeah, it actually makes noise. No way. Yeah, it does. That is so cool. What, do you have to squeeze it real hard and it screams? Let me go! I'll get it. <laughs> Alright, go ahead and get it so I can hear the noise your Allosaurus makes. For everybody out there listening, uh, please enjoy some music. Here, let me play us a little bit of music while we wait for him to come back. And now he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so do you have your your noise? Let's hear it. 
That is so cool. That is so cool. That's really neat. Well, thank you for making an Allosaurus noise because I've, I've never heard an Allosaurus until right now. And he sounded really great. <laughs> All right, my little friend. This podcast will be listened to in over 94 countries all over the world. What would you like to say to all of the kids all over the world? Would you like to say hi to them? Uh, there was another question. Oh, go ahead. Ask your question first. <laughs> uh, what was on the picture of like when you gave me the, the fossils? There was also a picture. Spinosaurus. Spinosaurus. Yeah, that's my big Spinosaurus skull. That thing is huge, isn't it? I, I think I saw a Sukamimus arm and a skull at the museum. Uh, yeah, you might. Yeah, you may have. That's true. Yeah, Spinosaurus skulls. You don't. There's not very many of them in in the United States. I don't even know what museums have them. I know I do, but I don't know anybody else. Spinos- yeah, does. Yeah, Spinosaurus. I love Spinosaurus. I mean, it's such a big dinosaur. It's a big fish eater, but it's still amazing. It's, yeah, I would eat anything its mouth can get on. That's exactly right. I mean, that that's exactly right. It is such a big animal that it's got to eat as much as it can. What's that? Even if there was like a submarine. Ooh. And like, and he was that big, like bigger than a submarine, he would grab it. Try to eat a submarine? That would give him indigestion. They would yeah. shoot a torpedo and it'd come in his stomach and he'd be like, ooh, I feel kind of sick. I thought submarine was kind of spicy. <laughs> All right, my little friend. Say hi to everybody who's listening. Hi. I hope you had fun. Um, I hope- bye. <laughs> yeah, now you can say bye to them as well. Hi, bye. <laughs> Hudson, thank you so much, buddy. I sure enjoyed talking to you. I hope you have a great summer, and I hope you have fun at Yosemite. And re- make sure, what are you going to take with you? A skunk. All right, my friend. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. All right, my friends. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. If you would like to become a member of the Patreon Club, just go to our website, dinosaurgeorge.com, and you can find the contact there. If you would like to... Follow us on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. That's totally free and open to everyone. I hope you all enjoyed today's lesson and interview. If you've got a suggestion for an upcoming podcast, let us know. Until next time, be kind to everyone around you. Be polite to people. Use good manners. And make sure to enjoy every day. Because when you're a paleontologist, every day is an adventure. See ya! to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club, and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks, and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah.